Well, we are in uh, the book of Leviticus, and uh, as we are in the book of Leviticus, uh, one thing that, uh, that we do know is that faith in God, faith in His Word, you know, faith in His promises moves us to do impossible things. It moves us to do great things for the kingdom of God. And what's awesome is that we're going to be going through the word and it's going to show us and give us examples of men and women that walked in faith. The Lord wants to teach us, wants to remind us how important faith is. And we know that these men and women, they weren't moved by sight. They weren't moved by the things that they saw. They were moved by hearing the word of God. They were moved by hearing from him. And when they heard from him, they moved in faith. They believed in the things that he said. They stepped out. And they did great things for the kingdom of God. One thing we know about faith, as we are going through this, is that faith only records great victories. And that's what we have here. See, unbelief is never recorded with praise, is it? But faith is. Because faith moves us to walk in victory and it records the victories that we have. And what's so amazing about this is that, see, the Lord is recording every single step that we do, that we make in faith. And we know that all of our works, right, everything that we do as a child of God, His Word tells us that He records it. Every single work that we do after we surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ is recorded by God. And we know that the works that we do in faith, they're all going to go through the fire, right? And we're going to see which ones withstand the fire, which ones are truly from Him, which ones were done with the right heart, with the right attitude. Those that were done in faith. And those are going to withstand They're going to withstand the fire as gold and silver does, as precious metals do. One thing that I want, one thing that the Lord would want, is for us to get His hand tired of recording all of our faith. All the actions, all the movements, all the things that we do in faith. It is His desire to do this. And just like we're going to read today about these cloud of witnesses these heroes of faith. You know, there is much to learn, much to understand, much much to learn from them. And I do want to share this with you, that these men and women that we're going to be reading about, they're no different than you or I. These people are the same. They are like you. They are like me. There is no difference. You know, these men and women, they made mistakes. They made mistakes like you make mistakes, like I make mistakes. But a difference that came in their lives was when they began to make faith choices. And these are what is recorded for us to learn, to grow from, to see how they moved. And with that, I want to begin in verse 6. We left off last week in verse 6. I wasn't able to to expound as much as I would like to on this verse. So we're going to begin today in this verse. And it says there, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You know, as we see there, you know what, unless we come to faith, Faith in God, we can't please Him, right? It says it's impossible to please the Lord without faith. Isn't that the first step we make when we surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ? The first thing we say is we come to Him by faith, right? We can't see Him. We can't touch Him, but we we heard Him, right? We heard Him speak. We hear His words. And so what we do is, is we come to Him by faith, believing that He is real. And this is what we talked about last week. As we talked about, that faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so when we come, when we come to Christ, when we hear Him speak, 
as His Spirit is convicting us and, and drawing us to Him, as He's calling us, the first step we make when it comes to the Lord is we surrender our hearts to Him. That's the first faith choice that we make, to believe in Him as we humble ourselves, right? Because the, the proud, the Word says, is that the proud, they say, I have no need of God. Many don't even believe in God, right? But the humble come to Him by faith. They humble themselves before the mighty hand of God. And so, as we see there, it's impossible to please Him. And it doesn't stop there, right? Because, yes, the Christian faith, the good news, it's all about salvation, right? Through faith, uh, by faith, by grace, through faith. But the Lord doesn't want us to just stop there. See, the Lord wants us to mature in the faith. He wants us to mature in the Word. Many think that, you know what, it's just about saving souls, right? That that's all God cares about. Yes, He does. But it doesn't end there. Because the Lord wants us to grow in maturity. He wants us to grow in His Word. He wants us to be men and women that are moved by faith, doing great things because of our faith in Him. See, it's just not about coming to Him. It's about after you come to Him, you grow in Him. And the Lord says, He says, for he who comes must believe that He is. You know, we must believe that God is who He is, right? Otherwise, why are we surrendering ourselves to Him if He's not God? See, either we're going to surrender ourselves to Him or we're surrendering ourselves to someone else that we've created to be a God, right? It's going to be what? Either a person, either a place, or either things, right? That's what we're going to surrender ourselves to. But it is God that desires that we would surrender himself, ourselves to the true and the living God, which is the Lord which is God. And then he goes on to say, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One thing about the Lord is that he never disappoints us. When you come to the Lord, he will never disappoint you. He is so faithful to do. Even though when we're not faithful, even though when, you know what, when we fall short, even though when we mess up, because we are mess-ups, right? We don't do everything perfectly. And when we mess up, doesn't mean that He's going to mess up. He remains faithful no matter what. And His Word says there that He is a rewarder, meaning that there's great rewards. This is a promise to us. That He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. If you seek Him, you know that you're going to receive rewards. When you come to Him, you know that you're going to be rewarded. Did you know that when you come to the faith, that there are so many spiritual blessings that you receive, that they're so numerous for you to count, to understand? It is amazing when we come to know the Lord, when we surrender ourselves to Him, the spiritual blessings that we receive. The greatest one is restored fellowship with God. Where we're going to spend eternity with Him forever and ever. When we're not going to taste death. We're not going to have tears. We're not going to have pain. We're not going to have sorrow anymore. It's all going to be wiped away. And we're going to spend eternity with God. And we're going to rule with Him throughout eternity. This is what the Word of God promises us. He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. And as we go on to verse 7, it says, By faith... Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. You know, we talked about Abel last week and we talked about Enoch. And today we're going to be talking about Noah as he is the next one that is mentioned here as a man of faith. See, the men and women that are named, they're in chronological order. And we know that Noah is the next one here. And one thing about Noah is that we know that faith moved him to act. 
faith moved him to do things. You know, when he heard the word of God, it just didn't sit there, but he acted on it. He moved on what he heard. See, isn't this God's desire for each and every one of us? That when we would hear something from the Lord, that we would move on it. That we wouldn't begin to start, oh, you know what? Did he really say that? Was that for me? You know what? Did, I think that's my own self thinking these things, right? Or you know what? Or God's asking me to do this, but you know what? Lord, I'll do it later for you. Or Lord, you know what? I'm a little busy right now for you. Or Lord, you know what? Some of these things are going to be hard. I think give me more time to grow in you. Give me more time to be stronger, right? Give me more time so that my faith can grow. This isn't what the Lord wants from us. The Lord is saying, when I speak, I would want you to act. That is what faith is, right? Acting upon the things that you hear, upon the things that we read. Let's read about Noah. Let's go to Genesis 6. In Genesis 6, in verse 9, it talks about Noah. And let's read verse 9. It says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. You know, that's just awesome to hear. And then it goes on to say, and Noah begot three sons. Shem, Ham, Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupted, for all the flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. So we see here, right? We see the fact that there was a man that walked with God, just like Enoch. Enoch pleased God, but we also see this with Noah. Noah walked with God, and we talked about this in great detail last week, right? How awesome it is to walk with somebody. When you walk with somebody, you're intimately uh, uh, conversing with them, right? You have a relationship with them. And this is what we see here with, uh, with Noah. And the Lord tells Noah, you know what? I need you to begin to make preparations. Preparations for what? As we see there, make yourself an ark. You know, Noah's thinking to himself, okay, Lord, I'm going to just do as you say. The Lord, is gonna, the Lord is telling him, you know what? I'm going to destroy the world by the earth with a great flood. You know, at this time, do you guys know that the clouds had not brought rain to the earth? Did you know that water hadn't come down from the sky? Did you know that at this time water came up from the ground? It was a mist that it brought up. And that's what watered the ground. And that's what preserved the earth. And it tells you this in, from Genesis, in Genesis 2 verses 5 through 6. That there was a mist that came out of the ground. And so for Noah to hear this, right? He's thinking to himself, you know what? Okay, Lord. I've never... Seen it to rain, right? But I'm going to believe you at your word. I'm going to move in faith by the things that you are telling me. And I'm going to begin to prepare the ark. And did you know that Noah built, we don't have an exact time, but it is estimated that Noah built the ark between 75 to 100 years that's how long it took for him to build the ark. Isn't that amazing? And you think to yourself, what was going on during this time when he was building the ark? What was happening? 
the gospel, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. What does it mean to be a preacher of righteousness? You know what he was doing? He was sharing with the people that the Lord wrath, the Lord's wrath is coming upon the earth. That every one of you is going to perish unless you come and believe. Imagine what was going on at this time. The people never heard of a flood. And they're thinking to themselves, yeah, all right, Noah. Imagine the mockery and the ridicule that he must have received for 75 to 100 years. Imagine that. How many of us? You know what? We get ridiculed and we think, okay, you know what? I'm not going to share my faith anymore to them. You think to yourself, oh, you know what? This person's making fun of me. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. But you know what? Noah kept moving. He kept acting in faith. You know what? When he heard the word of God, he says, you know what? I don't care what they say. I only care what God says. See, this, is, this should be our attitude, right? See, people looked at Noah and they thought, you know what? This guy is a fool, man. Think of him. You know what? He's building an ark. It never rained. And where's the ark going to float? On dirt? What a fool, right? That's what they're thinking in their hearts and in their minds. And many of us did the same thing, right? Before we came to know the Lord, before we saw him. The Lord moved in a glorious manner and in through our lives and in our hearts and transformed us. But you know what? Before we knew that, we also made fun of other Christians, right? I know I was one. I was making fun of them. But see, not until I surrendered my life to the Lord, as He was calling me, as He was convicting me, you know what, this is when the Lord gave me a boldness for him too. You know, one thing that I used to do when I first came to know the Lord, you know, I wanted everybody to know the Lord just like I knew him, right? Because I saw that when I said yes to the Lord, I knew that there was a change in me because you know what, the evil desires that I once had, they were gone. The pleasures of sin that I wanted to do, they were no longer there. And I said to myself, you know what? God is real. He is real. This isn't, you know what? This isn't fake because I know that He's real. It's a change in my heart. There's a change in me. And so, you know what? I wanted everyone else to hear what I had, what I had experienced. I was a witness. I was a testimony to the power of God. And so what I would do is, wherever I was driving, you know what, I'd see people on the street, I'd see them in a, on the benches there, and I'd stop the car, I'd get off, I'd talk to them, I'd share the gospel with them, people walking, people at my job. You know what, I'd give people rides wherever they were going, and I'd be sharing the gospel with them. Just the little that I knew, because that's all that God requires of us, right? Just to share what you know. You know what, He's not looking for, you know what, a theologian. All he's looking for is people that are willing and able to serve the king. See, and this is what we do, right? As we go out in faith, we just share what we know. I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter 1, In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we see something here. We see something here, and we're going to read about something here, because we know that this is exactly what the world does, and what the world thinks about the message that we give out. In verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, this is what we know, right? 
You know what? When we preach the gospel, it's foolishness to those that are hearing it, right? That don't receive it. They think that, you know what? These guys are just weirdos. These guys are foolish. These guys are fools, just like Noah, right? Isn't that what they thought of Noah? They thought that Noah was a fool. But to us, that hear it and that receive it, it is the power of God. And see, and this is why Paul himself says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. See, this is the gospel. This is the good news. And see, and when we follow and when we obey and when we believe, right? It is the power of God. This is why God moves to do great things as he moved in and through the life of Noah. See, being a Christian isn't easy in this world, right? In this world, it's not an easy thing because the world hates you. The Bible, the word of God says, Christ himself said that they will hate you. The world hates you because you don't belong to them. You belong to me. And everything that we do is contrary to what the Bible preaches, to what the world teaches. I mean, to, is everything contrary to what the world teaches, to what the world promotes. The gospel is completely the opposite of it. And so, of course, they're going to hate those that don't follow them. But we know that the Lord says, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And we have overcome the world in Christ, right? Think of it this way. For Christians, do we seek to have victory? We're already in victory. Understand that you and I already walk in victory. Because we have Jesus Christ. We have the power of God that lives in us. And we will live forever. You and I have the power of God. If we go back to... Hebrews. In Hebrews 11, it tells us one thing. In, in verse 7, it says that Noah moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Did you know that the only ones that were saved at the time of Noah was his household? But you know what was so awesome about Noah's faith? is that his faith was contagious because his family believed. His family believed the message of the gospel, the message of God, the message of Christ. How many of you are here because of a family member, whether it be your parent, whether it be a brother or a sister or an in-law? I think many of us are here because of that. I'm here, you know what, as God used my brother-in-law he was the instrument of God that was used to bring me to the faith. See, this is what Noah did. And see, the only way for us to believe, right, is if they also walk it. How many of you have been, have been spoken to? How many of you have received the message from a family member that called themselves a Christian and yet wasn't walking in it? Did you take much from them? I don't think many of us believed them, right? We were like, you know what? You call yourself a Christian and, let, and yet look. Look at your life. Look at the things you practice. There's no change in you. But I'll share this with you. You believed those that were transformed, didn't you? Those that were changed. You began to believe them and you began to say, you know what? That is the power of God. The only thing that could have changed them was the Lord himself. It's real and that's what moved me. That was my brother-in-law. And this is Noah. This is what we see in Noah. No, nobody would have believed him unless he was walking in righteousness, in holiness, in purity. Let's read about the next man of faith. It says in verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city 
which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We see here the next man of faith, which is Abraham. See, one thing about Abraham is that when he heard the word of voice, I mean the, the word of voice, when he heard the word of the Lord, when he heard the Lord's voice, do you know what he did? He obeyed it, right? We see with Noah, Noah acted on it, Noah was moved by it, and we see here that it's sharing again that Abraham obeyed it. So by faith, Abraham obeyed. It moved him to obey the Lord. Let's read on his account in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, we see the introduction of Abraham. Actually, it happens at the end of verse 11, but I want us to read about when the Lord spoke to Spoke to Abraham. There in verse 1 it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And as Abraham hears this, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. We have here the account of Abraham. As Abraham hears the voice of the Lord, what does he do? He obeys it. You know what? Just imagine. Imagine this. Imagine the Lord speaking to Abraham, right? And before this, Abraham didn't know the Lord, okay? And we know that in Acts chapter 7, it tells us there in verses 2 through 4, it tells us that God appeared to him. Okay? So the Lord appears to Abram. And he has no idea who he is. And he listens to him. He hears him speak. And he tells him, you know what? I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your loved ones. I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave everything that you know. And go somewhere. Did you hear Abraham say, where am I going, Lord? Where do you want me to go, Lord? He just heard his voice and he obeyed it. This is the faith that the Lord wants us to have. When you hear his voice, obey it. You know what's so amazing about this? Is that he goes back to tell his family, guess what? God came to me, and they had other gods, right? It wasn't the true and the living God that they worshipped. They had other gods. So when Abraham comes to them and says, Hey, you know what? God spoke to me, and he told me to leave, my family, to leave our family, our relatives, to leave the country, and to go to a place. And they're like probably thinking, God, I mean, God spoke to you? How do we know that? How do, you, how do we know it's God has a voice that he can speak to you? But Abraham believed. And then to tell him, you know what? We're leaving the country. And I'm sure Sarai and, and the others are asking him, so, okay, where are we going, Abram? And he says, I don't know. God just told me to move. God just told me to get out of our country. So where are you going, Abram? I don't know. We just got to go. What do you think that his relatives were thinking? This guy's nuts. First of all, he's uprooting his whole family. He's leaving us. He's taking off. And he doesn't even know where he's going. How foolish would that have been to his relatives, right? 
They must have been thinking, you know what, this guy's out of his mind. What did we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 118? The message of Christ is foolish. It's foolishness to the world. But to us who believe it is the power of God. See, it is God that desires that when he asks us to do something, that we would obey it. That is moving by faith. That is where God wants us to go. I want you to know one thing, that faith calls us to obey. If there is no obedience to his word, then there can be no faith. Understand that if there is no obedience to his word, then there cannot be no faith. Think about that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God, right? And when we hear it, what is it that the Lord is asking us to do? To obey it. See, this is what he asked of Abraham. See, God is teaching us about faith today because he wants us all to be a people that move by faith, that obey in faith. This is what it's all about. It begins by believing in him and knowing that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. There's great rewards as we know. What happened through Abraham because of his faith? A great nation was built, right? A nation that belonged to God. We know something about Abram, though. As we read there, as we go back to Hebrews, we know about Abram that even though he was promised a land, it tells us there in verse 9 that he kept going from tent to tent. You know what? If somebody tells you, you know what? I'm giving you that land, right? I'm giving you that land that's over there in Rolling Heights or Walnut or Covina. It's yours. What's the first thing we're going to want to do? We're going to want to go build, right? We're going to go build. But you know what? Something about Abram. Something that we are, that we are given insight to. It says that, you know what? He just... Dwelt in tent after tent. He knew that he had a promise. But you know what he was more looking forward to? It says, therefore, he waited for the city which has foundations, which it, whose builder and maker is God. His eyes were not on the world. Understand that. His focus was not in this land. His focus was on in heaven above, he was heavenly minded. He wasn't getting too attached to these things. He wasn't building his home here on earth. His home was in heaven. For us, how many of us has the Lord asked you to do things? And many of us, we say, okay, Lord, first show me and then I'll believe. You know what? Give me a sign, Lord, and then I'll believe. You know, we start throwing out the fleeces, right? I've done this many times, seeking confirmation. Not that it's bad, but you know what? As I look at the life of Abram, you know what? When he heard the Lord, he walked in faith. He moved where the Lord was, 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 was sending him to, was directing him to do. He obeyed. And this is what the Lord says in his word. Do you remember Thomas, doubting Thomas? He says, you know what? The only way I'm going to believe that the Lord has resurrected from the dead is if I could touch his wounds, if I could touch his side, if I could touch his hands. And after he touched them, he realized that he was God. But the Lord said this. He says, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. Blessed. Divine favor upon us. That's what that means. See, and we know that Abram was waiting for that heavenly city. I want to talk now, as I promised, we would get into the women, okay? There are women of faith listed here, and now we're going to talk about one. Let's read in verse 11. 
It says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. You know, as we think about this, right? As we think about what the Lord has revealed to us about Sarah. Is that by faith, she had the strength to conceive and to deliver a baby. I want you to understand one thing that Sarah had a baby when she was 90 years old. Think about that. You know, I'll share this with you. Nancy is 43 years old. I revealed her age. She's probably in the back saying, why'd you do that? I don't know, it just came out. Because I wanted to reveal my age. I'm 49, okay? And when I found out that I was having a baby, I was like, what? No way. That's what I told my wife. I must have said it three times. No way. I believed her, right? But I was like, no way. See, Sarah was double Nancy's age. 90 years old. Her wound was closed. It's, you know what? Her, you know, it's beyond the age of childbearing. And as we think about this, right? We think to ourselves that it is by faith that this could only have happened. There is no other way this could have taken place unless the hand of God was there. Physically, there is no way that a 90-year-old can deliver a baby to have the strength to push. It's not easy. I've seen you, uh, my wife pushing. It's not easy pushing out a baby. You need a lot of strength, don't you? To carry the baby for nine months, it's hard. To think of it at 90 years of age, only the power of God could do this. See, I wanted to reveal how these men and women are, na- are just like us, though. They're, you know what? They mess up, too. Just like we mess up. But it is God's will that our faith would cover up our mess-ups. No one wants to remember their mess-ups, right? God doesn't like remembering those either. God desires that our faith would cover them. And this is what happened with Sarah and Abram. Did you know that Abram and Sarah, one thing about them is that they were, you know, when the Lord had promised them a child, they thought to themselves, you know what? We're getting older, you know. We got to have the baby now. We can't be waiting, right, on the Lord. He promised us a child, so let's get, let's get to it. And Sarah was behind it too, right? Let's get Hagar because I'm getting old. Let's get her to have the baby. So Abram agrees to it, right? He says, sure. You know, I'll take your maidservant. I'll have a baby with her. And so they have a baby. And you know what happens there? Is is that they have one. They have a baby. And this baby that they have is a baby of the flesh. It is a baby that God had no part in. See, what they did is they tried to do things on their own without waiting on God. How many times does this happen in our life, right? You know what, God? You promised me something. It's taking too long. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you out. As if God needs help, right? And we begin to do these things. See, waiting and patience is a part of faith. 
See, as a people of God, we like to know everything, right? I mean, as a people, not, you know, just as individuals, right? As humans, right? We want to know everything, right? We want, you know what? If somebody tells us to do something, okay, what's the purpose of it? What's the end result? You know what? Show me the ending. Show me where I'm going. Show me why I'm doing this. But God doesn't work that way. God says, you know what? I'm going to give you a piece here. I want to see your faith. Not for me, because I already know how much faith you have, God says. I want you to see where your faith is. And so what happens here is that as we see our faith, we realize that, you know what? We don't have all the faith we need. It needs to be exercised, and it needs to be waited on. We need to be trusting in the Lord that what he has promised, he is able to fulfill. And so we know that God, even though we're mess-ups, his faithfulness doesn't depend on our mess-ups, doesn't depend on us. God is faithful no matter what. Even though they messed up and God didn't recognize that baby, even though he, you know, he blessed that baby after because of Abram, because of his children, but he didn't recognize that baby as one of God. He wasn't the son of promise. It was Isaac that was the son of promise. Ishmael was a son of the flesh. And so we see that the Lord, in Genesis 17 and 18, He comes. When it's time for Abram and Sarah to have the baby, He comes. And He shares with them that, you know what? You're going to have it now. And you know what Abraham does? Abraham laughs. He thinks, at my age? And you could read that in 1717 of Genesis. And then Sarah, when she's eavesdropping, when the Lord is speaking to Abram, the Lord tells him, it's time. And she begins to laugh also. Do you see how even though they are men and women, these are heroes of faith, how they still fell short? But see, God wants to, us to remember what? The victories of faith. This is what's recorded here. The faith that she had, that she was able to deliver, even though her womb was dead, even though there was no way possibly Physically, that she could have a baby, she received the strength by faith to bear a child. At 90 years old, an amazing thing happens here. And with us, as God has revealed in His Word, that God can do the impossible. There is nothing impossible for God to do that He can't do. He can do all things, no matter what. And this is what he proves in Sarah. If you believe, he can do the impossible. God can do great things. God can do miraculous things. God can do amazing things through faith. God wants our faith to increase. God wants our faith to grow in him. God wants us to know that, you know what? He can move mountains through us if we believe. This is what the message that God has for us. As we keep reading in verse 12. Is there is therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. He is a rewarder, right? Because of Abraham's faith, the Jewish nation came into existence. We are grafted into as his spiritual children, the body of Christ. He is our spiritual father because he is the beginner of our faith. As he gave himself, as, as the Lord called him. And we know that many of us were all grafted in. It says there that, you know what, that, there's, that as from one man came so many, right? He said, as the stars of the sky, innumerable, and the sand which is by the seashore... I want to talk about the sky, the stars, because see, for us, we only see the stars right at night, and we seem, sometimes we start counting them, right? And then we get tired and we say, you know what, I can't count all of them, right? 
Did you know that there are other galaxies and other galaxies and other galaxies that have millions and millions of stars? These are the only ones that we can see. But when you begin to see through a telescope, there are millions of stars out there. The scientists say that, you know what, that there are so many stars out there, they are like the sand of the sea. We can't count them. There's no way that they can count the stars that are in the skies. That's how many there are there. And it is the same when it comes to the sand. And this is what he was saying about Abraham's faith. Because of this, because of your obedience, you will bring forth all these people to me. And as we keep reading, and we're going to finish with this one, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. As we see here, every single one of them, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, they believed and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. And the reason I want to talk about this, again, to remind you, do you look to yourself or do you look at yourself as a pilgrim and a sojourner? A pilgrim is one that doesn't have a home. He's going from place to place seeking a home. Did you know that these men confessed it to all? Their tent was a testimony that they weren't home. See, the Lord wants to remind us not to get attached to what this world gives you. Don't love it so much because this isn't your end result. You are not citizens of this world. Your citizenship is in heaven. You are only a pilgrim and a sojourner. That's why he says, But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. These men and women, what's so awesome about them is that they knew and realized by faith that this was not their home. And they were not ashamed of the gospel. Each one of them, was preaching the gospel. Each one of them was sharing their faith. And it just wasn't by word. It was by deed also. You know what's amazing is yesterday I was at a youth, a youth outing. And this youth outing was for these Bible clubs, right? And they had speakers that went up there. And they said every single one of them that came to know the Lord. You know what? God did miracles in their life. One of them, the side of his half was dead. His leg and his arm. And you guys know him. His name is Javi G. He was here at our, one of our outreaches. And he was sharing. He was saying, you know what? That God said and God told him that he would be healed. And when he was healed, when he came to the faith in Jesus Christ, God healed him. And you know what he did? In high school, he began to preach the gospel. He said, people made fun of me. People mocked me. People ridiculed me. But you know what? I didn't care about that. Because my home was in heaven. My, I served Jesus Christ. It's not about what I see here. It's about the man that has healed me. It's about the God that has given me life. He said, as a teenager in high school, they made fun of him. The same way that they were making fun of Abram, Isaac, Noah, Enoch, Abel. All of them were ridiculed because of their faith. People thought that they were fools. But it is a power of God that lives in us. It is a power of God that God wants us not to look at this place as our, as our home, but to have our minds heavenly minded, doing the things that he has called us to do. We're living at the last days now. How many of us are sharing our faith today? How many of you have talked to somebody new about the faith? Let us not get lazy. Let us not start grabbing on to the things of this world. Let us not hold on too tightly to this place. We know that the only thing that we take to heaven above is other souls with us. Remember that our life 
It isn't one that is going to spend here forever. If we are heavenly minded, if we see ourselves as sojourners and pilgrims, knowing that God is coming soon, then we will get busy about doing His work. Walking in faith and seeing God do the impossible in and through the lives of us. God said, I don't just want to work through these men. He wants to work in and through every single one of you that are sitting in these pews. He wants to do great things, mighty things, powerful things for His glory and for His honor. This is a message that the Lord wants you to remember, to walk in faith. When you leave this place, walk in faith, not by sight. I know that God is speaking to many of you about things that He wants to do in and through you. Listen to His voice. Listen to that small, still voice and walk in faith. Don't hinder the work of God. Let us not have God choose others to do the work that He has called us to do. And with that, we will close. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for reminding us about faith, Lord. As, as Lord, we read about these heroes of faith, Lord, from Abraham, Abel to Enoch to Noah to Abram to Sarai, Lord. Lord, they're examples for us, Lord. Help us to move and to act in faith. Help us to obey in faith. As we said last time, I know that for us, sometimes we need help with our faith. And God knows where you are. And he tells us that our faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you are moved to ask the Lord for more faith, I am giving that opportunity now. Anybody want more faith in the Lord and in his promises, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, I know that there's some here as I asked this before I made my first call because you first got to believe. And the Lord says that as the Lord called out many when they were in the multitudes, He always called them to Him and He called them out from the multitudes. And that's what we do. We call you out from the multitudes. If you want to surrender yourself to Jesus Christ, I pray that you are listening to him and you would raise your hand and he would hear and, and you would surrender to him. If this is you, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Anybody that, amen. Anyone else, amen, 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 amen. Lord, you saw these hands that went up. Lord, they believe, Lord. And now you are a rewarder of those who believe. Lord Jesus, do a glorious work, Lord, as we heard your message, Lord. Lord Jesus, may we all be great men and women of faith. Lord Jesus, we want your hand to get tired of writing down all of our faith choices, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can stay.